Welcome to the North Group Podcast. At North Group, we are invited into organizations to influence leadership and organizational behavior. It is absolutely fascinating work. Today, we invite you into one of those conversations. My name is Gina Breslin, and today I am hosting the North Group Podcast. I am joined by my colleague, Daryl Lisey. Daryl, you've been a long-term, long-time influential partner here at North Group. How long have you been with North Group? Um, let's see. It's been a little over 20 years. Okay. Yeah. So I'm, I'm pretty fair in saying long-term. Well, thank <laughs> you for joining me. I'm looking forward to your insights. Yeah, it's good to be here. So we talk with a lot of leaders, and I think most leaders would agree that stewardship of the resources of our organization is pretty important. And um, so my question for you is, what would you say are an organization's most important or most valuable resource? Well, I would think uh, without any hesitation, uh, really any of us would say uh, our people uh, with, uh, with absolute confidence that mm-hmm. they are. Uh, our most important resource for sure. So I thought you might say that, but like, are you sure? Because I just toured a company here in Lancaster not that long ago, and they use these big pieces of equipment, and they cost like millions each, like seven, eight, nine million, you know? And then you think too about, um, I don't know, like the whole no margin, no mission, like you need cash to run your business, but you're, you're going to stick with people as your answer? Uh, yes. I mean, it's not done without outside of a context. Sure. You know, we need to have products, we need to have services, but in order for those things to move forward, obviously we need to have the people and the right people, you know, who can help us to advance that. Absolutely. Yeah. So we could probably change those cliches if you will. Um, so when we think about people as our most valuable resource, what do you think is the greatest challenge challenge facing organizations in regards to their people? Well, it's interesting. Obviously, we we talk uh, about a post-pandemic mm-hmm. world, mm-hmm. Um, but but it really is about the idea of of how do we create a culture that uh, both attracts and retains mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. our best people, and and it's been interesting to me over the years prior to coming here to North Group. Uh, my roles were in human resources, mm-hmm. and so these were the conversations that happened all the time, and. And, and so often, I think we uh, can misconstrue the concept of culture. And, and we have great, I believe in many companies, mm-hmm. great intentions. Mm-hmm. But how do those intentions behind, uh, align with our behaviors or vice versa? Mm-hmm. And, and I think that, again, people have great intentions. But what does it really mean? Gina, I've said this a number of times. As an example, you know, I've walked uh, with many companies over the years who've mm-hmm. said they, they have an open door policy. Mm, sure. I've heard that time and time again. Yeah, sounds but good to me. Absolutely. Right? It sounds good. <laughs> but then I've also heard people say, but nobody comes in. Hmm. And then I would ask them, well, when's the last time you invited somebody in? Ah. And so, again, the intention of an open door policy does not necessarily align with the behaviors of those leaders. Mm-hmm. And again, there's no, it's not like somebody's waking up in the morning saying, you know, I'm gonna mess with people today, or I really don't care about my people. Sure. It's just, uh, we get so wrapped up in I think some of the day-to-day things that, that we can easily forget even the best of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, I agree with that. Um, when we think about um, this idea of retention and recruitment, like it's the, the largest challenge facing organizations or one of the largest challenges facing organizations today, we also know it's not going away anytime soon. Right. So there are a couple of statistics. So a million people for like 1.7 
million jobs. Mm -hmm. Well, that math doesn't work. Um, then there's the fact that 31% of new employees quit within their first six months. That's not a great statistic either. Uh, and then the third one is the, uh, that average business businesses experience 18%, 18% turnover annually with many sectors who would actually have numbers higher than that. Hmm. So birth rates are down, attitudes in the workplace have changed. We no longer have the influence of the greatest generation, using the air quotes there on that. Um, yeah, and then we have this idea of remote work. Some people seem to want to go to work in their pajamas. <laughs> um, and there's times when remote work's been very beneficial, but how does this fit in? What do you make of these statistics and how does this connect to retention and recruitment? Well, again, when we talk about culture specifically as it relates to retention and recruitment, we have to we have to be honest with ourselves. Mm. I, I was talking to a firm not so long ago, and and they talked about this uh, the transition to remote work. So initially, they were completely remote. Okay. Mm -hmm. Then they began to come back, and there was there was an option. There were a number of options. One is you could stay remote. Okay. The other one is you could have a hybrid approach, and mm -hmm. the third one is you can come back full time. Mm -hmm. And so they did that for a period of time, and they found that in their case that. That that uh, their the turnover remained, I think, pretty much the same, if I remember correctly. Okay. Mm -hmm. But what began to happen was when they began to hire remote workers mm -hmm. from the outset, the uh, turnover went significantly higher. Mm -hmm. And you think about culture, not just obviously, as you were saying, not just in the context of everybody in one space, but but we have this challenge mm -hmm. as as we move forward. It was interesting. My my son works for. Uh, a large company, mm -hmm. and um, uh, he was hired as a remote worker. Okay. And about a month ago, they got a notice that said, uh, we're calling everybody back. Mm, okay. And so it was interesting, you know, a number of levels up, as mm -hmm. he and I talked, were unaware that that was coming down the pike. And so he's a remote worker and says, I'm not really sure what that means. Right. And so you think about, you know, even the culture there, mm -hmm. which was intriguing, it wasn't just about coming back, but, but it was about numerous layers of individuals had no idea mm. that even that conversation was in the works. Mm -hmm. And so you think about what that looks like from a cultural perspective, let alone remote workers, you know, mm -hmm. hybrid workers, whatever you may want to say. Uh, there, you, you said something earlier, Gina, which I think is so important. This isn't going away. You know, we often talk about mm -hmm. the good old days, sure. you know, how it used to be. <laughs> right. You know, uh, th this is what we're dealing with. Might it transition a little bit? Sure. Uh, but this isn't going away. And right. so how do we not, I think, from mm -hmm. an organizational perspective, from a leadership perspective, not become victims? Mm. You know, how can we be on top of, in front of this, not necessarily, you know, in the back rooms just complaining about the reality, and I mm -hmm. wish it was different. And that might be true, but but we don't have, I don't think, that luxury as leaders and organizations mm -hmm. uh, to, as we used to say when we were kids, bellyache about it. <laughs> uh, how, do we, how do we get in front of it? Sure, sure. There's a couple of things there. One, organizational health. So this decision was made and clearly not communicated well throughout an organization. So that kind of flies in the face of organizational health. Um, Patrick Lencioni is famous for, you know, talking about the single greatest competitive advantage is organizational health. Yeah. Yet it is ignored by most leaders, even though it is simple, free, and available to, to anyone who wants it. So how does that, this idea of organizational health connect to keeping our, our greatest resource, our people, and, and attracting the right, as you mentioned earlier. 
Yeah, I often, that's a great question, uh, Gina. I often think about the relationship of organizational health, as we said, to culture. Mm-hmm. You know, for many years, even prior to working here, had the opportunity to work here at North Group, I would have organizations because of the role that I was in. They'd, they'd ask me to just come and talk to them mm. a little bit about, as an example, the employee appreciation program. Okay. And, and the first Sounds question- Sounds good to me. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, sure. Great intention. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I would go in, I would often, the first question I would often ask is, you know, how often do you say thank you? Mm. And I remember on numerous occasions, the response was, we don't, that's why we need a program. <laughs> and I, I just, I challenged them a bit, you know, and my, my theory has been if it's primarily programmatic, it's problematic. Mm-hmm. Like really at the end of the day, when you think about culture, this isn't something that we, as my good friend John Zeswitz would say, you know, he, he talks about the, the need to codify mm. our values, our culture, but not to calcify them. Say, you know? Yeah, say more. Well, I'll give you an example. Okay. Uh, a number of years ago, I was working with an organization, very good organization. Okay. And one of the questions that I would ask the individuals I was interacting with on an individual basis mm-hmm. was, you know, do you have a mission statement, just mm-hmm. as an example? Mm-hmm. And uh, to a person, I think I was interacting with about maybe 10 individuals at that location. And uh, to a person, they said, absolutely not. And then I said, well, walk with me just for a second. And we walked out into the lobby and next to the front door was, I didn't measure it, but it looked like to be about five foot by six foot, whiteboard, black lettering with their mission statement. Oh boy. (laughs) They would see it every day. That's Mm -hmm. what I'm talking about in terms of calcifying Mm. it, that it wasn't a living, breathing Mm -hmm. document. Um, And it's not just the words, but, Mm -hmm. but, but how are we living this out? And so I'm, I'm, I don't want to be overly critical of the organization. Sure. I'm just saying that that is what can happen. We've mm-hmm. spent so much time talking about culture, you know, mm-hmm. doing the prep on the front side, the values, the vision, mm-hmm. vision, the mission, but but then it can end. And we have to be very, very intentional about what that culture means and how do we bridge the gap mm-hmm. uh, between our intentions and behaviors. I remember years ago, somebody used this phrase that we judge ourselves by our intentions, mm-hmm. others judge us by our behaviors. Mm-hmm. And that really has deep meaning to it. And it's, it should be, it is sure. a challenge yeah. mm-hmm. for us as leaders. I, yeah, I think of that story. I mean, there are times where we would recommend that you put your mission statement or your core values on the wall. And so this in, the tension, if you will, between intention and behaviors how do you prevent that from getting lost? I mean, that's at the core of organizational health, right? So how do you keep that at the forefront that it is good to put that on the wall, but make sure it's not calcified, if you will? Oh, yeah. I think one of the things, and, and, and some of this isn't that complicated. I'll give you an example of something that I do with my clients okay. often is at the beginning of meetings, mm-hmm. leadership meetings, wherever it may be, where there's groups of people. I often start off by talking about, you know, what are the best stories from the last 30 days or whatever that time period mm. is that represent the best of our culture? Mm. And, and for two reasons. Number one, it is a way, I'm not saying it's the only way, but it's a way mm-hmm. to keep it in front. In this case, the leadership team that, and I've heard le- had leadership teams mm-hmm. actually start doing that in their with their teams, their organizations. Okay, so almost a trickle down next yeah, layer. Yeah, very okay. much so. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that it does is it actually is often... You know, it 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 uplifts the meeting. It's just mm. that little bit at the beginning that mm-hmm. 
okay, you know, we come in from, you know, whatever we're doing mm-hmm. um, and, and it, it can change the dynamic of the meeting. Yeah. And it starts it on a positive note, right? Oh, absolutely. We're, yeah. Discussing these things that are making a difference, those behaviors that we do want to see repeated to, yeah. Yeah. Um, so um, when we, if I go back to the, this idea of how culture is connected um, to employee retention and recruitment, I mean, a lot of folks you know, we're seeing talk about what I would call the tangibles. So, hey, to keep your people, you know, or or the reasons people are moving is for like a bump in salary. So why not? Makes a difference. The cost of everything is higher. We won't go there right now, but that's that's real. Uh, better benefits. Um, people are making a move for those reasons. Uh, more flexible schedules. That's become a priority. Um, and so why not? And then even the remote options. When you think of those factors, how does that, you know, how do you balance those tangible with, I mean, there's a part of organizational health that's that's intangible. It's hard to measure. It's it's one of the reasons why sometimes, to Lencioni's point, it gets ignored. Well, and you and I have often used the term, you know, both and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's not that it's just one or the other. You know, we need to be paying attention. As an example, uh, you know, for years, you know, I've I've heard this so many times. We need to at least pay fairly, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 sometimes a little bit beyond that. But but if you're going to be competing, if somebody's going to leave your organization for a dollar, you know, they're going to leave somewhere else. They're going to go somewhere else for fifty cents as mm-hmm. a rule. Mm-hmm. You know, people don't leave for that. Mm-hmm. If you're paying fairly, you know, you think about the culture. And again, I. Neither one of us can sit here and say that's an absolute across the board, but we understand the trends. Mm-hmm. And so even some of the things I was just reading actually today, a little bit about some of the surveys that were done through Glassdoor, mm-hmm. through Gallup, mm-hmm. you know, talking about the impact of company culture on, mm-hmm. on, on the retention piece and how company culture in one survey was a minimum of 56% was the number that, that they, they found in their survey. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, rate culture higher than pay. Interesting. Again, mm-hmm. I'm assuming that we're paying fairly. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's a both and. We have to pay attention to those things. We have to be, but if we're not fundamentally creating and sustaining, I mm-hmm. think is the, the mm-hmm. big piece here, a culture, it really is quite problematic. We talk about surveys. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was looking at a survey. I, I love some of the stuff that Gallup does in okay. mm-hmm. terms of employee engagement. Now, this is an older survey. I'm sure they've updated it. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine it's gotten any better. Okay. But this was from 2016, mm-hmm. pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. Now we're on the backside of that. Right. But they did a survey and they found that 23% of U.S. employees strongly agree that they can apply their organization's values to their work every mm-hmm. day. Again, wow. only mm-hmm. 23% and only 27% strongly agree that mm-hmm. they believe in mm-hmm. their organization's values. And you think about that gap where it's like, okay, I see them up on the wall, mm-hmm. but it's not lived out within my organization. How can we intentionally... Mm-hmm. Live it out. You know, one of the things that you and I often talk about as well is I, I say, you know, it's not about perfection. It's about direction. Mm-hmm. And are we moving in a direction when it comes to 
codifying mm -hmm. and then sustaining our culture through our mission, our values, our vision, right. vision. How are we doing that? Mm -hmm. And how intentional are we at doing that? Yeah. Yeah. I had three questions to as we wrap up here today that I think leaders can think about, but you are right. Organizational health lies in the gap between our intentions and our behavior. Yeah. So as leaders, what are our intentions for our people? What do our people believe about our own intentions, and then how close is your daily behavior to those actual intentions? Yeah, yeah and, and for most people, most people don't expect perfection. You know, yeah, that is they, true. They mm -hmm. they want mm -hmm. to be number one. They want to have a fundamental belief in in the leaders of their organization, and that what we say mm -hmm. is is what we are working towards. Mm -hmm. it, it's not about perfection. People do not expect that. If we are consistently living it out, and when we fail to live out our culture as we've stated, you know, I always say that the first thing that we should do as a leader is when we mess up, mm -hmm. we need to fess up, mm. <laughs> you know? And yeah. so you mm -hmm. think about those kinds of things and that's a powerful sure. thing. Sure, it builds we, trust. It, it absolutely yeah. mm -hmm. builds trust, mm -hmm. which is the foundation. Right. You and I believe this mm -hmm. fundamentally is the foundation to creating a culture yeah. and then how do we live this out on a day-to-day -day basis that we don't you know, it's not a past experience. Mm -hmm. It's a present reality. Yeah, so true. Well, thank you, Daryl. I hope that our listeners go away encouraged that we can win this battle for recruitment, for retention of our people, especially when we align our intentions and our behaviors. 